If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15. Jeremiah 15, we're going to read verse 11 in the Voice Bible. Eternal one to Jeremiah, hear me, Jeremiah, I will make you strong in these trying times to accomplish my good. Can we hear the word of the Lord to us tonight in this place? I will make you strong in these trying times to accomplish my good. To accomplish my will, to advance the kingdom in this hour, I will make you strong in these trying times. A forge is a special fireplace or hearth or furnace in which metal is heated before shaping. The workshop of a blacksmith to form by heating and hammering to beat into shape, to form or make, especially by concentrated effort. The desire of the Lord is to make us strong. That's His heart towards His people. His desire is to make us strong, His concentrated efforts towards us. He's concentrating on us, he's concentrating on each one. He's concentrating on you to make you strong in these trying times to accomplish his good. To make us strong, that is a heart that is unbreakable, a resolve that is unbreakable, a commitment that is unbreakable, a zeal that is unbreakable. Character that is unbreakable. Holiness that is unbreakable. A life that is unbreakable. Strong in these trying times. Strong in these perilous times. I will make you strong to accomplish my good. I only want to receive that word tonight. Lord, make us strong to accomplish you're good. Jeremiah 51, verses 20 to 23, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you I will break nations in pieces. With you I will destroy kingdoms. With you I will break in pieces the horse and its rider. With you I will break in pieces the chariot and its rider. With you also I will break in pieces man and woman. With you I will break in pieces old and young. With you I will break in pieces the young man and the maiden. With you also I will break in pieces the shepherd and his flock. With you I will break in pieces the farmer and his yoke of oxen. And with you I will break in pieces governors and rulers. Weapons of war, tools for building and advancing the kingdom of God. I will make you strong in these trying times. Listen, we are living in trying times. We are living in perilous times, the Bible says. We are living in, we could say, dangerous times. We are living in unholy times. 
a time of redefinition, a time of self-focus, evil pursuit. I will make you strong in these end times. Drawing closer to the coming of Christ. If you are going to make a weapon or tool, you take care in the making. You forge it properly. You forge it precisely. You make sure the heat is right. You concentrate your efforts. You're concerned with the finished product. You understand the intended use of what you are making. Concentrated efforts. Concentration. And you soon find out the makeup of a weapon or tool when the weapon or tool is put to the test. You soon find out what it's really made of. You soon find out if the process worked, if it took. You soon find out the strength. You find out if it has a sharp edge. You find out if it is strong. You find out if it will hold up when put to the test. You soon find out if there are any loose pieces or if there are any, any fractures. Does it do what it was formed and created to do? Does it function properly? Does it accomplish? When the Lord creates, He takes great care in the making. Jeremiah 15, 51 verse 20, the New King James Version, You are my battle axe and weapons of war. I just like to say this tonight, when the Lord takes a weapon or tool in hand, there is nothing that can stop the weapon or tool from accomplishing all it was created to accomplish. The hand of the Lord always prevails. The arm of the Lord always prevails. But I want to ask tonight, what is it that he's taking up in his hand? He's saying to us, because he wants to use us in these trying times. He wants to use us in these perilous times, in these end times. And so he's saying to us, I will make you strong. Will we receive the invitation? He's saying to us, I will make you strong. Do you want to be made strong? Do you want to be made strong in the Lord? By the Lord. All metal needs to do is yield to the blacksmith. And if it doesn't yield, the blacksmith will heat and hammer and heat and hammer until the metal takes the desired shape. The heart of the blacksmith determines the look and design of the weapon or the tool. The heart of the one creating, the heart of the one making, designs and determines what the tool looks like. The metal does not decide. The maker, the creator, decides. His heart destines and determines the function. Can we receive that? If we are going to be profitable in the hand of God, we have to yield. We have to yield. We have to yield completely and allow Him to shape us and make us as He so desires. 
that he would forge the shape. Cry out, Lord, forge the shape you desire. Forge the character, Lord. Forge the edge. Work the handle you desire. Quench this weapon like only you can. I desire the determination of your heart. Would you take that up in your prayer life? I desire the determination of your heart. We can come to the Lord a lot with our own thing, our own heart. We trust that we have the Lord's heart, but still sometimes we question, and that's why we cry out, Lord, I desire the determination of your heart because your heart alone is perfect. Your heart alone is pure. Your heart alone knows what's right. Make that your prayer. What good is a dull blade? I hate dull blades. Especially in the house when you're trying to do something. What good is a loose handle? What good is a rolled edge? What good is a fractured blade? What good is a blade that hasn't been quenched? And those are our points tonight that I believe the Spirit, the Spirit would have us come to understand. This is what the Lord is seeking to do. The Lord wants a solid blade. He wants us solid. He wants to work out the blemishes. He ensures that the blade is free of fractures, breakages, cracks. Now, sometimes we wonder at the length of the process, but we have to yield to the time necessary to make a weapon of quality, character that can keep us. You know, sometimes we may wonder, but may we never wander. That's what starts to happen. It takes too much time, a lot of people start to wander. The Lord wants us quenched. John chapter 4, verses 7 to 15, you can turn there. I'm sure we are well familiar with this portion of Scripture. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Applying this here tonight in this way, 
A weapon that has not been properly quenched is a weapon that is flawed. A Christian that has not been properly quenched. A person that has not been properly quenched when it comes to their relationship with the Lord. There's flaw there. When we've been properly quenched, the thirst has been dealt with. We've been satisfied with true satisfaction, quenched with that which is divine, not with that which can be found in earthly wells. Wells with water that run dry, wells with contaminated waters. The Lord wants every one of us quenched. The Lord wants a tight handle on us. He is not satisfied with a loose grip on us. Too small of a handle, a slippery handle, a weapon that wants to get away on him. Deuteronomy 4.24, a consuming fire, a jealous God, he's after us. He wants a tight grip on our life, doesn't he? Not a loose handle. The Lord wants to work a good edge on us. The Lord wants a sharp, precise weapon. He wants to make us sharp and precise. The Lord wants us pointed. The Lord wants to use us to cut through things. The Lord wants to use us to build things. Now we know the story of the young man in 2 Kings. And you can turn there, 2 Kings 6. Verses 1 to 7. And the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See now the place where we dwell with you. It's too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there. And let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, Go. Then one said, Please consent to go with your servants. And he said, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and threw it in there. And he made the iron float. Therefore, he said, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and took it. This is what the Spirit would say to us tonight. This young man hadn't lost his ability to cut down trees. He had lost his edge. He still had the ability to cut down trees. That had not fallen in the water, but he had lost his edge. This could speak of the cutting edge anointing upon our lives. The ability to cut and create. The ability to harvest that which is needed to build. Have you lost your edge? Don't lose your edge. You've not lost your ability to cut. But have you lost your edge? There is hope if we've lost the edge. Only God can bring the edge back to us if we've lost it. What we need to do is cry out 
and to show him where it fell. And his word to us tonight might just be, pick it up for yourself. Pick it up for yourself. Can you hear that tonight? Pick it up for yourself. I love that when he threw the stick and when the iron floated, the man of God didn't pick it up for him. The man of God said, pick it up for yourself. Pick up your edge. Pick up your anointing. Nobody can pick it up for you. That's not how it works in the kingdom. You might have all the ability in the world to cut down trees, but if you've lost your edge, if you've lost the anointing, it ain't right. And so he says to us tonight, reach out and pick it up. Verse 7 in the message, grab it, he said. The man reached out and took it. It was borrowed, but here's the truth. When it comes to this, someone else can't lend us their edge. We only have our own. We don't lend our anointing. Can you imagine if it worked like that? You don't go after God. You don't reach out. You don't allow him to work the edge into you. You don't reach out and grab it, go after that. You just go along in life doing whatever you want, not concerned with getting anointed by the Lord. And then you stroll in, and it's time for you to be used. And you're like, hey, brother, can I borrow your edge? If only it were that easy. That's when you say to them, maybe the Lord needs to take you to the forge. Work his edge into your life. The local church is a forge. A forge that the Lord has set up. A forge that the Lord uses to form his weapons of war. His tools for building. The home is a forge. A forge that the Lord uses to form his weapons of war, his tools for building. Here's the truth. The Lord works on us at his home forge in the church, doesn't he? But it doesn't stop there. The Lord works on us at our our homes, at our home forges. And I want to ask tonight, how's the home forge? And how's our connection to his house? Church attendance is so important, and our homes are so important. The Lord, the Lord's forging doesn't begin and end in the church. He also wants to work on us at home. He wants to spend time with us throughout the week, and we know this is no new news. Surrender to him on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all over again. God, work on my life. The truth is he has a mobile forge as we go about our day and as we do life. And so when we leave this place, he's going to work on us. And when we get home, he's going to work on us. And when we get back in the car, he's going to work on us. And when we go to work, he's going to work on us. We're at the place of education, he's going to work on us. When we're at the shopping market, he's going to work on us. When we get back to church, he's going to work on us. Do you know the Lord's trying to work on us at all times? Are we yielded to the process? Have we yielded to the master blacksmith? I want to ask a few questions here tonight. Is he working his design into us? The determination of his heart. What design are we crying out for? 
Are we trying to tweak the design? Are we allowing him the necessary time to work a solid blade? Some jump the gun. The truth is, we could talk about character for a moment, and I'm sure you've heard this quote, gifting can take you where your character cannot sustain you. You run ahead, you jump the gun, but you don't got the character. And that's why many fall. Are we quenched? Have we found true satisfaction? How tight of a handle does he have on us? Have we allowed him to bring the edge that only he can bring to us? Weapons in the hand of the Lord. This is about being effective for the Lord. and About being effective for the kingdom of God. That is adequate to accomplish a purpose, producing the intended or expected result prepared and available for service. Is that not the cry of your heart tonight? If we want the Lord to take us and use us, He will. But we have to know if we're asking to be used, if we're asking for the determination of His heart, if we're asking to be used for the glory of His name, however He wants to use us, no borders, no boundaries, no limits, He is going to take us and He is going to forge us He's going to shape us. He's going to hammer us. He's going to heat us. He's going to quench us. He's going to sharpen us. And he's going to get a firm handle, a firm grip on us. Then he knows we got the character that will sustain us. Then he knows that he can trust us. Then he knows that we're going to be faithful and not fall. Then he knows that it's always going to be about his name and his glory, not our own name. Are you yielded to the process? Jeremiah 15, 11 again. Hear me. Put your name in there tonight. I will make you strong in these trying times to accomplish my good. He takes his time. And I'm thankful that he does. We live in a world where we want God to rush. We want God to do things immediately. We don't like the slow process. We want it now. Can we not just sit back and say, God, you take whatever time you need to take. There are some here tonight, you're not even 30 years old. And you're already panicking. Jesus didn't even start until he was 30. You're freaking out. It's plaguing your mind, making wrong choices, wrong decisions. Listen, if God wants to set you up at 40, wait. If God wants to truly release you at 50, wait. If it's 36, wait. If it's 25, wait. Wait on the Lord. You see how God used men in the Bible, how, how he took Joseph. You don't think he went through a process? I'm pretty sure he went through a process. I wonder if we'd be willing to go through that process, if we'd be yielded to the process. He wanted to be used of God because it was the determination of God's heart. 
God came to him and said, these are the things. And so he yielded to the process. And look at the time it took. And just when he thought he was going to get out of prison, look at the time it took. Don't let time cause you to wander, to wander away from the Lord. How's your home forge? Is it a space and a place where the Lord can work? Is he welcome there? Has he been given free reign and rule of the place? Are all rooms opened to the Lord? Or are some closed? Are there other blacksmiths there that need to be kicked out? Does he have what he needs in the space and place to forge? Is it the right environment? I want to ask tonight, how is our connection to the house of God? And I know many here tonight, you're regulars. You come Sunday morning, you come Sunday night. Bless your heart for coming Monday night. You're here Tuesdays, throughout the week. I want to ask tonight, how is your connection to the house of God? This is very important. It's more important than we might think. Many are falling today from the level of revelation they once ran at and ran with. How's your connection to the house of God? Jesus said, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the pattern of some. It's actually the pattern of many. They get busy. Things in life start to take over. And then they still want God to pour out. And it's like, you've just walked away. Yeah, you can, you can have your time with the Lord, but don't forsake his house. Don't forsake the Sabbath. I would encourage all of us here tonight because the pressure comes. How's your connection to the house of God? Is it weaker now than before? Is it weaker now than it once was? Consider how you've fallen. Or is it stronger now? How's our edge? I want to ask tonight, not having lost the ability to cut, but the ability that only comes by the Holy Spirit. Have we lost our edge? If we think of ourselves as a weapon in the hand of God, he makes an edge that can withstand anything. But have we lost the edge, the anointing? You know what will kill the anointing? Free will. Wayward manner. Carelessness. Flesh having its way. Less attached than we should be. You get anointed and all of a sudden you get careless. Take your ease in Zion. Well, I'm anointed now. Now I don't know, know about praying. I've got all I need. I've got all, all I want. I'm cont- I don't need to pray anymore. Pretty soon, your axe head's going to fall off. I don't need to worship any. I mean, I'm anointed. I'm loaded up. Listen, you need to pray till the day you die. 
You need to worship till the day they put you in a pine box. You need to fast and seek the Lord because his, his anointing is not to be taken for granted. There were powerful, powerful people. I can't remember the name right now. I don't want to mess that up. But this lady, before she would go out, we're talking revivals, people getting healed. She'd get down. She'd be backstage. She, Lord, take not your Holy Spirit from me. She knew that if she stepped out, there was nothing. I wonder if we're that real with God, if it weighs on us to that extent that we know that if I step out there and take a mic, if I step out there and play an instrument, if I step out there and teach a kid's class, if I step out there and witness and I don't have the Holy Spirit, I'm nothing. I need the edge. We live in a world where we're not even concerned about the anointing. You talk to most people about the anointing and they just think we all got it. That is so far from the truth. Show me it in the Word. Where does it say that? You go after the anointing. You cry out for the We need that Holy Spirit edge now more than ever. We need that cutting edge now more than ever. That we can be used in these trying times to accomplish His good. We can have... The small worship team returns tonight. Thank you for lending your voices in worship. But even where two or three are gathered in his name. It's all about the spirit of worship. I've been in places they didn't even have one instrument. And not even one person can sing on key. And the presence of God filled the place. One of the most incredible encounters of my life was in Rwanda. Pastors meeting, pastors conference. They were so hungry and thirsty for God. And the glory of God fell in that room. It's about hunger and thirst. We're quenched, but we're still thirsty, aren't we? We're still thirsty for that holy water. I want to share these words. I feel like he's a good old friend of mine, Charles Spurgeon. While engaged in the noble work of building a house in which God's prophet would instruct other prophets in the things of God, this young man experienced a very great trial. He had borrowed an axe from another man. While he was working away, the axe head fell off the handle, and was hopelessly lost in the murky, muddy waters of the Jordan River. I don't know about you, but I've always thought to myself when reading this story, what was the big deal? Why was he so grieved? That's because I have never before stopped to consider the plight this man was now in. He was obviously a very poor man, or he would not have needed to borrow an axe. By the loss of this axe head, he had now incurred a debt that he could not pay. Being an honest man, that was horrifying to him. But most importantly, I think, his expression seems to indicate that he was filled with grief because though there was much to be done for God, he was now useless. He had now lost all usefulness in the work which he was devoted to. Would your heart not be grieved 
you're there to harvest trees, to harvest beams, and you've lost your edge. Would it not grieve your heart? Only the Lord can make the edge swim. Only the Lord. We need the edge. Loss of effectiveness, usefulness, and anointing. Yea, even horrified. Grieved. Let's stand tonight. I want to encourage us all, continue with the process. Continue surrendered to the processing of the Lord. Continue yielded to the Lord all the days of your life. He's working with us. He's shaping us. He's forming us. He's doing what he wants to do. He's taking the time necessary. He knows how much time it takes. He does all things well. Can we say that tonight? Lord, you do all things well. And as the team just begins to sing out this song, would you cry out, Lord, I long for the determination of your heart. I want the determination of your heart. As the days unfold, I'm asking for the determination of your heart, not the determination of my heart or the heart of another, but God, the determination of your heart, not the heart of man. The determination of your heart, Lord.